right, all right. Hey, it's great to see all of you. And do me a favor and give those that are watching us right now live and on Facebook Live a round of applause and welcome them into our worship experience as well. So good to see all of you. And um, and I, I trust that you've had an amazing week and looking forward to what God has in store for not just this coming week, but obviously what God has in store for you right now. I hope you came into this place with a spirit of expectancy and ready to receive something that God wants to say specifically to you. And uh, I just want to say that as we are wrapping up this series called Soul Detox, I've had so many people who have come up to me. Um, I've had a couple of people even sent me text messages and saying, you know, this has really challenged me. This is really stretching me. This has been exactly what I've been needing to hear. And and I really do pray that if you may have missed um, maybe week one or two, you go back and watch it or listen to it. Uh, it's on our app. You go online and watch it or uh, listen to it through the podcast. But regardless, it's a great opportunity for you to get caught up. But most importantly, I think to build on everything that we're trying to learn as we really prepare our hearts and uh, really just our souls for what God wants to do in us and through us. So we're entering into really an exciting season of ministry. Uh, school just started this past week, and uh, I know some of the students are like, oh, man, I'm already looking forward to summer. But, uh, well, summer's still here as far as the heat is concerned. But, you know, for some of us, you know, we're, we're kind of eager to get back into that, to that routine, into that flow is what I like to call it. You know, just kind of get back into some pr- predictability in our lives. But I think sometimes before God really wants to do something great in us and through us, I think he expects us to take the time to prepare ourselves, to get our hearts right, get our souls right, get our thinking right. And spiritually speaking, to really get ourselves in a position to where truly God can do something supernatural. In other words, where he'll put his super on our natural. And so with that said, you know, August is kind of like the January in the calendar year. It's, a, it's an opportunity in many ways to kind of push a reset, uh, a, a do-over, because we get back into a flow, into a routine, especially with school. And that's the reason why we did this series called Soul Detox, is because we're, we're really preparing ourselves for an amazing rest of our year. We're kind of at the halfway point, and between now and December, we're just believing God to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. And so for that to happen, we have to get ourselves ready. And I think that's one of the reasons why Joshua, in Joshua chapter 3, looking at verse 5, Joshua was, of course, the one who was given the new task to lead the people of Israel across the Jordan and to finally, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, to finally take possession of the land that God had promised them. And so before they went and took possession of the land, Joshua went throughout the camp. And in verse 5 in Joshua chapter 3, Joshua told the people, he said, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. It's interesting that word uh, consecration is basically a word in the Bible. It simply means that it's the separation of oneself from things that are impure or unclean. It's the same word that also has a connotation that often we refer to um, really as a separation or as, as a spirit of, of consecration where we're setting ourselves apart for what God wants to do in us and through us. Now today in our modern language, a lot of times we refer, especially in mainstream cultures, the word detox. So a lot of people, they, they know, you know, often what, when someone says, yeah, I'm kind of detoxing right now, well, 
some people automatically go to maybe an addiction or go to something they're trying to do just to kind of uh, refer to their body in terms of getting impurities out. But the Bible, or excuse me, but the, word de- the definition of the word detox actually means it's a process or a period of time in which one abstains from or rids the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. In other words, it's a de- detoxification process. And so again, a lot of times we have a tendency to go to our physical bodies when we think of maybe getting rid of impurities, detoxing ourselves from things that are harmful, things that are destructive, things that, are, that ultimately can pollute or contaminate our lives. But we learned in week one that the same is true in our spirit. God created us as triune beings. In other words, he created us with a spirit. So when he created us, he created us in the image like himself. So we are created in the very image of God. So we are spiritual beings. And not only are we spiritual beings, he also created us with a soul. So our spirit houses the soul. What is the soul? The soul is the mind. It's the will. It's also the emotions. So it has a profound effect on how we feel just that way we think and ultimately just the emotions and the decisions that often result from how we feel. So you have the spirit, you have the soul, but then you have the physical body. Now, a lot of people think that going to church, they're going to, you know, the, the sacred place. They're, they're going to a special place. That's kind of a, that's kind of a holy place. It's a, it's a pure place. And so that's the reason why I think a lot of people, when they walk into church, they come maybe with a spirit of reverence. A lot of people, they like to put on their Sunday best. You know, like they, they, they come in with a certain uh, spirit, if you will, of honor and respect and rightfully so. But just to remind you, this shopping center is not the temple of the living God. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. You are the temple of the living God. The Spirit of God Himself lives and indwells inside of you. And that's the reason why, for the next few moments, we're going to talk about the temple of the living God, which is not a physical place. It's you and me, it's our bodies, it's where the Holy Spirit resides if we are true followers of Jesus Christ. And so, with that said, I was, um, I was, uh, talking to a guy the other day and asked him if he would help me pressure wash our sidewalks. Because, you know, this time of year, we get so much rain and the humidity is so intense. And if you've ever noticed, you know, like on your driveway or sidewalks, how it kind of gets this black buildup, you know, just over time, you know, it gets, gets mildew and it gets mold and it gets all, you know, kind of crusty looking. And so every once in a while, you got to do a little power washing. So I asked this guy to help me out, and so he got his power washer, and he literally, he just went from one end to the other of our house, and he just pressure washed the sidewalks, the driveway, I mean, even the curb, and it looked amazing. It looked like fresh poured concrete. And I never forget, I went, went around in there and came back to the house. It had already gotten dark, but the porch lights were on, and I'm telling you, it literally looked like our, our part of, of the sidewalk and the curb and the driveway was like glowing in the dark. And I thought to myself, man, that's pretty cool. It's amazing what a pressure washing job can do. And just like a sidewalk or maybe a driveway can, can have the, the harmful elements that come from the sun and the heat and the rain and all of those things that kind of creates a buildup, if you will, of those type of things. Well, the same is true in our lives spiritually. The same is true even in the, our thinking and in our, in our emotions and even in the choices that we make. 
even in our bodies, what happens if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to drift towards the things of this world. We can allow ourselves to become really engrossed with modern culture and all the distractions and all the things that the enemy uses to lure us into conforming into the ways of the world to the point to where not only have we blended in, but now our lives have become contaminated, become polluted, have really become toxic, if you will, from the things of this world. And sadly and unfortunately, I know this is true in my own life, there are times when we don't even realize the extent of it. And that's the reason why sometimes we just got to pull back. That's the reason why sometimes we got to unplug, we got to push reset or reboot, whatever we got to do to detoxify ourselves, to rid ourselves from the impurities, from the contaminants, from the the polluted things of this world so that our spirit, our soul, and our bodies can truly be all that God desires for it to be. Amen? You can clap on that. Come on. Come on. let's, Let's join in. Give God a shout of praise. He deserves it today. Love that. Love that. So here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20 says. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul the Apostle kind of called the people out there in the church of Corinth. And the reason why is because they were doing the very thing I just emphasized. They were, they were, they were infatuated with, with, with culture, with the things of the world. You know, they, they, they were constantly basically selling God out. And they were conforming to the culture and to the ways of the world. So here's what he said. He said, it's true that our freedom, our freedom in Christ allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we do is good good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. Then we're going to pick it up in verse 19. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives in Inside your sanctuary, you were God's expensive purchase, paid for with the tears of blood. So by all means, then use your body to bring glory to who? To God. So today, when you think about everything that God desires for you and for me, he wants more than anything to be priority. He wants to be the object of our focus. He wants to be the object of our affection. So he wants to be the highest and most important priority in our lives. And in order to do that, we got to detoxify ourselves from the things of this world and focus on Jesus. And so what I want to do for a few moments is I want to help you understand from a very popular uh, Bible story that I'm sure we've all heard at some point in time, the story of David and Goliath. And we all know the story. You know, he was the young shepherd boy out, you know, ultimately just kind of doing his thing, you know, tending to the, to, the, to the sheep that his father owned. And so obviously he was the one whom God uh, ultimately had, had called out and appointed to become the new king um, over Israel. But prior to that, uh, young, young David was out doing what he did as a shepherd. And then, and then he had an opportunity to, to do something that nobody thought was really possible. As a matter of fact, what we're going to learn from him, I believe, are the same principles that we can apply to our own lives when it comes to detoxifying ourselves, when it comes to ridding our bodies from the things of this world that that is impure, things that that is not honoring, things that can hinder 
the spirit of the living God working in us and through us in a way that he truly wants to. And so if you're taking notes today, here's what I hope you'll do. Here's how we can detoxify or defeat the giants in our lives. And we're going to look at 1 Samuel 17 today. So number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Write this down. We've got to identify our giant. We've got to identify our giant. Now, we all know the stories. I just emphasized David's tending to sheep. Uh, the Israelites, the army, the Israelite army, they are now standing across. Basically, they are, it's kind of like this valley. And as they're standing across this valley, the opposing army, the Philistine army, is right across from them. And this was going on virtually twice a day, every day, where the Israelite army and the Philistine army would basically be at a standoff. But the thing about the Philistines, they were known for their big guys. They were known for their big soldiers. And they had one big bad soldier by the name of Goliath. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in verse 4 in 1 Samuel 17, Then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. Notice how big he was. He was over nine feet tall. Man, he'd be a good tied in for a football team. All you got to do is kind of just loft it up there. It's an easy touchdown. Nine feet tall. This isn't just some, this isn't just some fairytale Bible. No, no, this is legit. This is, a, this is a mammoth, physical human being, nine feet tall. And so when you think about the intimidation factor, when you think about the fear factor, when you think about what perhaps felt like here was a giant who loomed large, who overshadowed the Israelite army. And even though they had the power of God on their side to overtake the Philistines, they stood back. They were fearful. They were terrified. They were intimidated. And as a result, they allowed a giant that was standing in front of them to ultimately paralyze them rather than having victory that God wanted them to have. Now, some of you here today could relate because there are giants in your life that loom large that you've never been able to overcome. And let me get real specific with you today. Can we do this? This is not going to be a, maybe the, the, um, the easiest sermon you've ever heard. And the reason why is because I'm going to speak the truth in love because I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. But to be honest with you, there are some of you, and I'm preaching to myself today, okay? There are some of us in this room who've allowed some giants in our lives to overcome us. In other words, there are some addictions that some of us are allowing, listen, to rob us from the victory that God has come to give us. There's some of us here today, and I'm going to get even more specific. Some of those addictions might be in the form of drug abuse, alcohol abuse, pornography. You could even throw in gambling. I mean, the list, honestly, it's endless. And there are specific vices. There are specific things that the enemy uses at times to really cause a foothold where we become enslaved. Because whatever that is, whatever that addiction is, whatever that habit is, rather than us having control over it, it has control over us. And therefore, we can't kick it. We can't overcome it. Or at least we've convinced ourselves that we can't do it. And as a result, it has control over us. Therefore, it is a giant in our lives that is hindering us and holding us back. And honestly, it's enslaving us instead of liberating us. 
And often what happens, a lot of people think, oh, well, if I do this thing, if I drink this bottle, if I take this pill, if I, you know, if I use this drug, that will free me. It might free you for a few hours on the high when you, when you experience that euphoria, when you feel like, hey, you can conquer the world while you're under something's control. But instead of being under God's control, we have allowed ourselves to become under the control of a foreign substance, a, something that's toxic, something that's destructive, something that God never intended to not just be in you, but to never be a part of you. And so these are, these are giants in our lives, and we can't just sweep it under the rug. We can't just pretend it's not there, nor can we pretend it's no big deal, nor can we pretend it's just going to go away. No, we gotta, listen, we got to face our giants head on. And that's exactly what David did. Can I tell you about a giant that was in my life for many, many years? Some of you have been around a while. You probably have heard me tell this story. But uh, it truly was an addiction to me. Since I was in seventh grade, um, I had an addiction to, to um, I called it dip. You know, it was basically, you know, tobacco. You know, put a, little, put a little pinch between your cheek and gum, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and so how you know whether you're a real hardcore uh, addict of, of, you know, that kind of like snuff, you know, that kind of tobacco is by whether or not you can have a, like a little ring in your back pocket. That's how you know you're hardcore. And so in Texas where I grew up, you know, man, if you had a, if you had a, if you had a, what we call it a skull ring, if you had a skull ring at the back of your blue jeans, it's like, oh man, that dude, he's, he's, he's a big time, he's, he's a big time dipper. And so that was my thing from seventh grade all the way through my junior year in college. I mean, I'd go through multiple cans a day and I didn't think, listen, I didn't think it was that big deal. I didn't think anything of it until I began to get really under conviction about it. I'll never forget, my brother called me out. He spoke the truth in love because he too was addicted to it and then God liberated it from, from him. And as a result, he started working on me. He said, he said, I'm telling you, he said, this is a habit. It's an addiction. It's expensive. It's nasty. It doesn't honor God and you need to get rid of it. I said, well, quit preaching to me. And so I continued to do it. I'll never forget one night, I joined him with a group of guys in a prayer meeting. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I cried out to God. God, take this away from me. God, remove this from my life. And I was sincere. I, honest, I was sincere as I could be. I asked God to take away the desire out of my life. And I prayed, and I really did feel like God had, had, done, some, had done, done something deep in my heart. But I'll never forget, a couple of days later, my brother and I, we were going on a road trip, and uh, he had to stop and get some gas. And so as he stopped and got gas, he was pumping the gas, I went into the convenience store, and I bought a brand new can of this tobacco and I was walking out to the car putting a little pinch between my cheek and gum and my brother was eyeing me down never forget we got in the car and he looked at me and he said I can tell you meant business with God the other night I'm here to tell you it was like a sledgehammer I mean over my head and in my heart and you know what I did I took that junk out of my mouth I took that brand new can of tobacco I got out of the car I knew I was littering but I was also repenting and I was putting it into action. I took that can and I promise you there was an empty field right next to that convenience store and I threw it as far as I possibly could and I've never touched it since. I'm here to tell you God delivered me from it. God delivered me from it. 
And there are some of you here tonight, you need, today, you need to ask God to deliver you from the giants that has control over your life rather than you being, control, being in control over those giants that have you as a hostage. Listen, God wants to set you free from the giants that loom large over your life. Here's what, here's what Paul said in Romans 6, verses 12 through 14. He said, do not, let, do not let sin control the way you live. Did you hear that? Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. You say, what is that? Anything that doesn't honor God. Verse 13. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to who? Say it out loud. God. Why? For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And so today, what you got to be reminded with is this. Man, the Spirit of God has come to set you free. And He wants to set you free from those giants that loom large over your life. Don't let those giants control you anymore. Listen, you ask God to give you the supernatural power and strength so that you can live victorious and take control over those giants that have loomed large over your life for far, far too long. So the second thing, if you're taking notes, is this. We need to focus on the reward. We need to focus on the reward. So what if I give this up? What if I surrender this to God? What if I come clean? What if God truly delivers me from this stuff that's been controlling my life? What will I get? What is the reward? That's what David was asking. Hey, who is this giant anyway? Who is this knucklehead? Who does he think he is talking smack and trash to my brothers and sisters over here in the Lord. Who does he think he is? What, listen, what audacity to defy our God. Who, who in the world does this guy think he is that he can treat us the way he's treating us? He had all he could take. He kind of had a Popeye moment. Remember that cartoon, Popeye? You remember eat his spinach and but right before he took his spinach he would said that's all I can stands I can't stands no more he was sick and tired of being sick and tired and there are times in our lives that's what has to happen we need to come to a place we become sick and tired of being sick and tired of being under under the control of something other than God and so he asked the question hey what will be my reward well guess what the reward was I mean, word was on the street. Hey, anybody who's willing to stand up to this dude and take him out, guess what? The king has offered one of his daughters in marriage, and oh, by the way, the whole family would be exempt from taxes. David, this young shepherd, this little punk kid comes walking along. He's got a slingshot in his hand. He says, I'll take this dude on. You know why? Because he wasn't focusing on how big the giant was. He just believed in his heart how big his God was. 
And there are some of you here today, that's what you need more than anything. You need to stop focusing on your addiction. Stop focusing on your bad habits. Stop focusing on how it has you enslaved. Stop focusing on your problems. Stop focusing on your circumstances. And you start focusing on how big and how powerful and how liberating your God is. Because, listen, the Bible says you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So you're either believing in the truth, living the truth, walking in the truth, or you're believing, walking, and living a lie. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to believe, a lie. So here's what you understand. We live in a day and age where a lot of people, they say, oh, well, you know, some of this stuff you're talking about, it's really that, it's, it's, not, it's, not, that, it's, not, that, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, come on. I mean, you're getting a little extreme here. I mean, I mean, I understand some of the hardcore stuff, but I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you know, a guy come up to me and said, seriously, Pastor, you, you really think smoking cigarettes will send you to hell? I said, no. There's nowhere in the Bible that says smoking cigarettes is going to send you to hell. Just makes you smell like you've been there, that's all. But anyway, <laughs> all right, we'll get some emails this week. But seriously... I mean, so often we have become so desensitized. We've, we try to rationalize and we try to justify. We try to make excuses and say, oh, well, you know, that movie, man, it got an Academy Award. I mean, they had an all-star lineup, the best of the best of Hollywood. I mean, incredible acting in this movie. And man, but there was just that one little part. And I know it's just that one little part, but it's just, it's just a little part. I mean, it, it doesn't really, I mean, I, I can watch that stuff and it doesn't bother me. That's the problem, is that it doesn't bother you. And what happens is we allow ourselves to become exposed to these things and we open up, listen, our spirit to this stuff. We open up our souls to this stuff. We expose our bodies to this stuff. And we think to ourselves, oh, it's just a little thing. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Kind of like the kid who wanted to have some of her friends over and watch this movie. And so... This little boy, he asked, told his mom, he said, Mom, he said, my friends have been telling me about this movie. They've already seen it. And, and uh, they say, man, we, you know, we need to watch it. And it's supposed to be a really amazing movie. It's just got this one little part in it. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, again, my friends have already seen it. And, 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 and I promise you, we'll, you know, it, it, it'll, just, it'll just fly by. Just, it kind of comes and kind of goes. It's, it's no big deal. Just this one little bad part. But it's supposed to be this amazing movie. Can, can we watch it? Can I invite my friends over? Can we watch it? And she said, well, sure, honey. You can, yeah, absolutely. And she said, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll bake you some brownies. He was like shocked, like, awesome. So he called his friends over. They came over, turned on the movie, and mom went downstairs, and she started baking those, cookie, uh, baking those brownies. And um, so she went outside with her little dog, went out in the backyard, did his business, and she just picked up a little, not, not a whole lot, just, just, a little, just a little piece, you know, of his, of his business there, of his poop. You say, can you say that in church? I just did. So picked up that, that little piece of poop and you know, just put it, in the, put it in the rest of the brownie mix there and, and uh, put it together and put it in the oven. 30 minutes later, came out. So, you know, the movie, man, it was already like halfway through. And mom, she walks in. 
She said, hey, here's those, here's those brownies I promised I was going to bake for you. And she said, but, you know, I, I put something a little extra in there, and it's no big deal. It's just, it's just a little bit. It's not going to bother you. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? How many of you will agree the little poop goes a long ways? So all of you know, hey, we can experience... We can expose ourselves to everything the world has to offer, but if we rationalize and justify ourselves that it doesn't really affect us, we're only lying to ourselves. So the question is, hey, what will the greater reward be? What will happen if I honor God? What will happen if I say no to that stuff? What will happen if I come clean and I detoxify myself and I walk a holy, pure, sinless life to honor God in every area of my life so that I can be God's instrument, so that I can be his hands, his feet, his voice to make an eternal difference in the lives of people because there's people out there who are lost, dying. And listen, they are desperate to find freedom in their life. Who better to show them the way than people who have been bought, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ? Listen, Followers of Jesus who have been set apart, who live different from the norm, who are walking in freedom rather than bondage and saying, hey, we are the ambassadors of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the greater reward. That's the way to live. Man, I want to live that way. I want to live victorious rather than living in defeat and living under the control of the giants that have control over me. So we have to focus on the reward. Number three, we have to remind ourselves of past victories. We have to remind ourselves of past victories. In, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 37, the Lord who rescued me, David said, from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So Saul finally consented and he said, all right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. You see, David had been offered Saul's, basically his, his armor. And here he was, a young shepherd boy, he's trying to put on Saul's armor to go out and tackle this, 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 this giant. But he said, you know, I don't need all this. I don't need this. All I need is to rely on the Lord my God. Because the same God who allowed me to overcome the addiction of the past who allowed me to overcome that habit in the past, who allowed me to, to lose the weight in the past, who allowed me to get in shape in the past, who allowed me to get a better diet and a better strategy and a better plan in the past is the same God that can help me today and can help me live in victory for tomorrow. If God did it then, he can do it now so that I can live a better future that he has in store for my life. And so, listen, we have to understand that, listen, God wants to put his super in our natural. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why in the world would we ever believe the lie that we don't have what it takes to conquer the giants in our lives? You have everything that it takes. Because the spirit of God lives inside of you. Does this help anybody this morning? All right. Number four. And by the way, Philippians 4.13, you know it. For I can do some things, the Bible says. A few things. I can do all things. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Number four, we've got to choose a plan and a method that fits us. So, when David 
set out to go conquer his giant. You know what he did? He didn't use Saul's armor. He didn't go out and get a shotgun. He didn't go try to pull something off that he had never done before. Notice what he did. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail, and David put it on. He, he, he strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. And I love what he said. He said, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream, put them into his shepherd's bag, then... Armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Do you know what he did? He did what worked for him. And that's what you have to do for you. You got to do what works for you. Listen, if that means checking yourself into a rehab, then that's what you got to do. If that means getting into a life group, then that means what you got to do. Listen, if it means getting some accountability partners in your life, then that's what you got to do. Listen, if it means, listen, taking, taking some steps outside of your comfort zone, then that's what you got to do. Whatever you got to do, you got to do what it takes to live in victory rather than defeat. Amen. And here's the thing I want to share with you. When you think about David, he had two things. He had his faith in God, and he had his, he had his shepherd's staff and his sling. That's all he needed. That's all he needed. And now you know what I love? I read this not too long ago in an in-depth commentary about the whole story of David and Goliath, and I, I, I just want to say this. He had five stones. He only used one to take down the giant. You say, well, why did he pick up five? Because we learned that Goliath had four brothers. He went prepared. He wasn't leaving. He wasn't leaving that giant's presence without having the confirmation that he had taken him out and that the, that the army of the Philistines were going to be conquered once and for all. And there are some of us in this room, listen, that's what you need more than anything. You need to slay your giant and once and for all, you need to take him out. Whatever it is, if it's a habit, an addiction, listen, listen, if it's an impure, immoral relationship, there are some of you, I'm, I'm going to get very, I'm, I want you to sh I'm going to share my heart with you. There are some of you, listen, you are involved in relationships with the opposite sex. Some of you are cohabiting. For some of you, listen, you, you, you're indulging in areas in your life spiritually and morally that God never intended for you to go. And I know that hurts to hear it, but I'm here to tell you I'm speaking the truth in love because I want what God wants for you. I want God's best. Why in the world do we want to settle for second best when we have God's best in every area of our lives? Why in the world do we want to continue to live enslaved or live bound to something or someone or to our past when we can be liberated we can be set free and we can walk in freedom and victory that Christ wants us to live. Amen. So when you think about your weapons, it's what you need. You need your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you need friends. You need people who love you. That's the reason why we're doing life groups. That's the reason why as soon as we're dismissed in a few moments across the hallway in what we call our orange room, we're going to have life group training. Why are we doing that? 
so that you can have what you need as far as the tools and the understanding to be able to be set up for success so that you can begin doing life with people who love you, who are going to pray with you, who, pray, who will pray for you, that you can learn from, that you can grow together with, that will hold you accountable. Listen, that's what you need. That's what I need. We need our faith and we need our friends that can help us. Like the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. We need people in our lives that can help walk through the difficulties, to help us overcome the giants in our lives. Listen, those giants are too big to take on by ourselves. We need people in our lives. We need a spiritual army of friends that can help us. Why? Because the Bible says there is power in number. Two are better than one. The Bible says that, listen, a triple-braided a, a, a triple-braided cord cannot be easily broken. We need multiple people in our lives to help us do the things we could never ever do on our own. The last thing I want to share with this, and by the way, we're launching our life groups next week, and I want to encourage you to commit to a group, and I want to encourage you to lead a group. If you have never led a group, let us show you how here in just a few moments. I promise you, it can be the thing that God uses to change your life. The last thing is this. We have to take the detox challenge. You say, what do you mean take the detox challenge? Well, David, when he was confronted with the giant, he began to see the situation at hand. Listen, when he became convicted because he heard from his, his own ears, he saw this giant who was defying the army of the Israelites. You know what he did? He said, if nobody else is willing to do it, here's what he said. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. I'll go fight him. In other words, he took the challenge. And for some of you, that's what you need to do. You need to take the challenge in your life. You say, how? Starting tomorrow night at 7 p.m. We're calling it 7 at 7. So at 7 p.m. tomorrow night, right here, Every night at 7 p.m., we are gathering right here. Those of you that are watching us, I encourage you to come join us. We're going to begin in, time, in, in a time of worship. And then we're going to have just one hour. We're going to start on time, end on time. But for one hour, we're going to bathe this place in prayer. And here's what we're doing. For seven days, we're going we're gonna to do just like the Israelites did. When they crossed the Jordan, remember they went to Jericho twice a day seven consecutive days they marched around the city of Jericho but on the seventh day on the last time they circled it they, 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 they sounded the trumpet and at the, at the shout of their voices you know what they did they conquered their enemy the walls came falling down and that's what we're going to do so for seven days at 7pm we're going to meet here we're going to pray you can also join us online but listen be here physically. Be here. Be here. So, so, it's powerful when you're here. And then we're going to fast. For those of you who can, I would encourage you to, to, to ask God to reveal something to you that you can fast. Maybe food. It could be social media. It could be, you know, maybe, maybe something. It could be something as simple as coffee, caffeine. You know, what you pick. But the detox challenge is for the next seven days. Let's consecrate ourselves. Why? Because tomorrow God wants to do something great in our lives.
Listen, God wants to do something great in our lives this fall, in your marriage, in your home, in your family, in our schools, in this city. Listen, God wants to use us to accomplish something great for his glory and to advance his purposes. Amen? So let's consecrate ourselves. Let's prepare ourselves. Let's detox our spirit, our soul, and our bodies so that we can become the instruments in the hands of God to accomplish his purposes here on earth. Would you join me?